Good evening and welcome to From the Frontline. Myself, Calvin Hammond, and my father, Peter Hammond, are here in studio to discuss a very big and hot topic today. How should we respond to mandatory vaccinations? To vax or not to vax? Many people will look at you as a conspiracy theorist or as an anti-this or an un-that when you are not wanting to take the jab that the government is forcing on you. Why are so many governments considering vaccine passports? Well, if you believe the narrative, they're doing it because the governments care about you. They care about your health. In fact, in Zimbabwe, for example, uh, the government so cares about your health that they send the army and police into churches to rifle butt people, um, punch people, drag them out to church, beat them up, kick them and so on, because they're concerned for their health. And this is all because the government cares. And in many countries, we're seeing massive increase of persecution of the church. This is happening in some parts of India where anti-Christian elements are using this as an opportunity to shut down churches, arrest pastors and so on. We're seeing in countries like Canada and Australia, ministers being harassed, churches being closed down. Uh, so there's no doubt that vaccine passports are being used as a means of control. But, of course, the narrative is they're doing it because they care about your health. The trouble with this whole narrative is uh, that there's no indication that the vaccines have actually helped. And when you look at the science, you look at the data, those states that have had the most vaccinations also have the most COVID cases and the most deaths. Yeah, like specifically Israel, 600% increase in COVID and they're what, 95% vaccinated? 95% of the adult populations vaccinated, they say, and yet they've got the worst cases. Now, you compare that with Sweden. 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 Sweden has no mandate, no vaccines, no masks, no lockdown, no anything like that. Their their uh, governor in chief or their president said, "We're not going to go through this whole lockdown thing. We're going to get COVID just like everyone else. We're going to get over it. We're going to move on. We're not going to damage our economy." They had a logical thinking when they went through with this. And the fact is that they haven't done anywhere near as bad as places like Spain and England or Israel or Singapore, where they had massive lockdown, massive mask mandate, huge pressure for vaccinations and a massive percentage of the population vaccinated. So <clears throat> if you did just... You, did you see this in the media? Did anyone cover this? Well, Does anyone even know about this? Not the lamestream media, but you do get this in some... Uh, Tucker Carlson and Fox News, one of the mainstream groups that are giving it, but the rest aren't. I mean, you don't get this in the Communist News Network, the Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, Slime Magazine, Useless News and World Report, and uh, the uh, different Newspeak. So, yes... Looking at the data, you would expect that the places that haven't been strict about mask mandates and that haven't had lots of vaccinations, they should have the worst COVID cases. But in fact, the reverse is true. So uh, when they say follow the science, well, why don't we follow the science? Uh, Where is the difference? And just take, for example, ourselves. In our mission, we've been fully operational. Uh, We have been doing it. We have not been following the mask grade madness. Uh, None of us are vaccinated. We've all had COVID. We've all recovered. And we're doing just fine. And then you see others who churches and ministries that haven't opened, haven't done outreach in the last 20 odd months. And you think, but but why? What's what's the uh, result? And plainly in America, for example, you've got what they call red states and blue states. So red states are Republican run, blue states are Democrat run. Red states tend to be a lot more casual about this and leave it up to the individual's choice, like Florida, uh, whereas in blue states have got very strict. So you'd expect, okay, so the blue states would have low cases and the red states would have high cases. No, the opposite. Yes, so, that's exactly happening. You're having California, COVID run, and not only COVID, they're having their, their, their crime rates and their break-in rates. And then you compare it to Florida, run by uh, Ron DeSantis. Perfect situation. 
some people are getting it, they're getting over it, they're moving on. There's no problems. Yes. So seriously, why must we follow the extremes of Spain uh, when you've got an example like Sweden where the economy hasn't been trashed and suicided and destroyed and euthanized or whatever they want to call it. Uh, and their cases of COVID are nowhere near as bad as a place where the people have gone berserk uh, with all these lockdowns. So I think looking at it, uh, when they start talking about should man vaccines be made mandatory, the definition of insanity is continuing to do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. So remember the narrative. Here we were 23 months ago. What were they coming out with? Millions of people are going to die. I mean, this is the worst thing since the bubonic plague. Maybe it's worse and so on. And the Spanish influenza of 1919. And they went berserk now. Well, okay. So uh, did the, they said that the masks would, would stop the, vac the whole virus. Did it? No, it didn't. Uh, did, then they said the lockdowns would stop. Did the lockdowns? No, they didn't. Did the vaccines stop it? No, the vaccines have not stopped. In fact, it's continued. Now they're getting more and more variants. And many scientists are saying, actually, what we're getting with these new variants is they are coming out of the vaccinated people. I mean, where else can it come from when you've got 95% of the adult population like in Israel vaccinated? So what you've got is the vaccines are producing many of the variants, mm. which is normal, natural, it's to be expected. But the solution is more vaccines. And so you get cases increasing of COVID deaths by the hundreds of percent in Israel. But is it even correct to use the term vaccinated? No. H how do you vaccinate yourself from well, a virus? Well, Plus, how do you vaccinate yourself from something that changes and something that you're going to need multiple booster shots for, something that adapts? Well, there are many bacteriologists, epidemiologists, people who specialize in these things who've said there is no such thing as a vaccine for a virus. And uh, there are many who said, well, have they ever come across an effective vaccine for the flu? No, they, can't. they don't, nor do they for the common cold, because these things occur over and over and they continually mutate. There is no such thing as an effective vaccine against the virus. So what are they doing right now? Well, it's a con job. So imagine this. If after fully vaccinated, you need to still be masked and you still need to socially distance and you still need to go through the whole lockdown business and you can still get COVID and you can still spread COVID and uh, you need a booster shot, well, then you've got to know you've been fully conned. Well, now let's, let, let's rewind. You mentioned the term um, follow the science. Now, this is something that I say to all of my uh, younger friends and friends of my age. How serious is COVID-19? Just, just a very <clears throat> simple, let's just go to pre-primary school level. 99.7% recovery rates. Why the fuss? Well, indeed, why the fuss? I was brought up in Rhodesia. We got Bilharzia. We got tick bite fever. We got malaria. I mean, it's like normal. Did it stop us swimming in dams? No. Uh, did it stop us going to the bush? No. Uh, did it stop us living and having fun? No, it didn't. Um, we continue. But let me tell you, this COVID-19, which we've all had and recovered from, everyone in our family on a mission have had COVID and recovered from it. It's nowhere near as bad as malaria or tick bite fever or uh, hepatitis or any of these other things. So uh, the hysteria about this, it's insane. We've got some serious things in this world like tuberculosis and cancer, and yet they're making such a scene about something that's got a 99.7% recovery rate. So do we even need to have all this fuss and lockdowns and masks and vaccinations or mandatory anythings when it comes to something that you've got a 99.7% chance of recovering from? And then consider 
there's got to be some dangers with the vaccines too, which is why people like heart transplant surgeon Dr. Susan Foslu saying you're more in danger from the vaccine than you are from the virus. Now, that's a scientist, a medical professional, a surgeon who specializes in heart transplants, who's also been in charge of infectious diseases and AIDS uh, and so on uh, at Hrodeskir uh, Hospital and Red Cross Hospital. Here's Dr. Susan Foslu since 1988 has been doing heart transplants. And she says you're far more at risk from the vaccine than you are from the virus. And now that's one of the most qualified doctors in our country speaking about her field, hearts. And she's noted that there's a massively increased chance, especially in young men, of heart attacks, strokes, and blood clots. In fact, many are calling the Fauci ouchie the clot shot. So now let's, let, let, let's rewind. Let's go back to, the, back to the beginning. People knowing their history. Name a time in history where the government had your best interests. And even in here, when we read so many governments, governments considering vaccine passports, what does that remind you of? Cold War, Soviet hmm. Union, oh, so, Nazi Germany? Well, if you just think in terms of communism, how did communism work? The government tells you who can work, when you can work, how you can work, and show me your papers. I mean, this has been a refrain throughout the Cold War. Anyone who's worked in communist countries knows this. Show me your papers. Where are you traveling? There's, there's some kind of person standing there with a gun who says, show me your papers. And that's communism. That's Berlin Wall. That's uh, Stasi. That's Checkpoint Charlie stuff. And KGB. Next thing you know, all over the place, uh, show me your papers. This is terrible. No government should have the right to interfere in your freedom of movement, your freedom of thought, your freedom of conscience, your freedom of association. Defense. Governments are there for national defense, foreign affairs, that's the end of the story. That's the yeah. end of the sentence. They're meant to, deal, they're meant to deal with uh, protecting the innocent uh, and punishing the guilty. So crime and punishment, justice, foreign affairs, defense. That's it. I mean, quite right. There's no other legitimate role of government. And if you look at Romans 13 and you look at 1 Peter 2, verse 14, 15, it's very clear governments are there to protect the law-abiding and to be an agent of wrath upon the evildoers. So what they should be focusing on is things like crime. But instead of the, haven't you noticed in the last two years, governments standing by doing nothing while the burn, loot, murder crowd or the ball, Lucifer and Moloch crowd burned billions of dollars worth of shopping centers and so on and so forth. Don't you, get involved. But, but go have a protest. No, no. Well, I mean, they're not wearing masks. No, that's serious. Well, take in our country, 9th of July this year, KwaZulu-Natal, billions of rands of looting and destruction and arson. Police and army standing back doing Nothing. And you even had the, the Minister of Police, Big Taylor, saying that's not our duty to protect the citizens. And this, yes. totally different topic and probably a, uh, another kettle of fish, you had um, in, in a lot of the communities, especially a lot of the Indian communities, they took out their own guns and they protected their own communities. They barricaded their own communities without the help of the police and they used their own guns to protect themselves. Now, this just throws out the window the whole disarm the, the community, uh, guns of violence, guns kill people. Mm. Totally separate topic, but it just it just goes to well, show. In fact, it, it, it is beyond hilarious when you look at the fact that there were police stations who called for help because of riotous mobs. 
And the uh, police uh, commissioner said, sorry, uh, no help available. And so what does the police come on do? He phones a local neighborhood watch and the neighborhood watch rushes around, protects a police station, provides him with ammunition because the police didn't have ammo, didn't have rubber bullets, didn't have what they needed. The local neighborhood watch and community forums protected police stations and shopping centers. In fact, the only reason why the writing came to an end as quickly as it did was because of private citizens private security companies, and neighborhood watchers. The police and army stood by and did nothing. Now, those are the same police and army who were mobilized in force in January to keep you off the beaches. So in the hottest time of the year, when people wanted to go to the beach, tourists, for example, and others, and they mobilized helicopters, armored cars, police, army, to stop you going to the beach and to force you to wear masks. But they can't protect property from arson looting. Sorry, that's not our job. But yes, even before that, you go back to our initial three-week lockdown. And our president, Sol Ramaphosa, spoke about how we are going to deploy the military to ensure lockdown protocol is followed. And then you have situations where people are being kicked into the fibercrete walls and people are being abused and even shot for wanting to go to the shop or wanting to make Mm -hmm. ends meet in the poor communities that we have in this country. It's illegal to survive. So the logic is that to stop you catching COVID which you've got a 99.7% chance of recovering from, uh, we're going to beat you up, um, make you commit economic suicide, destroy your business, destroy your entrepreneurial, prevent you from going to work, prevent you from earning a living, prevent you from running around an empty field for exercise and things like that, Uh, stop people going to the beach, uh, stop them from walking their dog. I mean, that's, that's what police and army have been used for around the world. And if you think that the government's your friend and cares about your health, I mean, just look what they're doing in Australia. So this oh, is goodness. this is the government who's concerned for your health. So they mobilize police dressed in battle gear uh, to attack in one case in point. Um, grandmother of over 70 years old, knock her to the ground. And here's this two policemen standing over spraying mace in her face while she's lying on her back on the ground. Now, how is this showing that we really care about your health? And then this just reminds you of what we were speaking about earlier, Sweden. They didn't want to commit economic suicide. They said, we're going to get COVID regardless, just like any other disease or virus or whatever that we have in the world. We're going to get it. We're going to build immunity. We're going to get over it. We're going to continue with our lives without committing economic suicide. It's, 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 it's plain and simple. It's, it's, it's primary school level thinking. If everyone's going to get it no matter what, why the fuss? But now Correct. this brings me on to my next question. How safe and reliable are these so-called vaccines? Another thing that I think um, is the eugenicist, who we all know, he made, ant- he made Windows, and then he made antivirus for the viruses that he created in Windows. He created the virus, mm-hmm. he sold the antivirus, he made more money off of Windows. I wonder what Bill yes. Gates is doing right now. Yeah, well, yes, so isn't it interesting? So uh, you get people who create the problem, and then they sell the solution. Well... Here's something that's fascinating. Now, these vaccines, which are no vaccines, in fact, a lot of people said they actually had to change the definition of vaccines to get this to be called a vaccine because these are DNA-altering medical procedures and they are not vaccines in the traditional sense. But anyway, just for the purpose of this program, let's use the term that's being used, call them vaccines. These vaccines are so safe that the producers of these vaccines, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, Johnson, Johnson, Moderna, have spent billions of dollars to lobby governments to pass laws to 
give them indemnity from liability for civil or criminal suits for adverse reactions. Now, adverse reactions to these vaccines includes things like paralysis, yeah. sterility, death, you know, well, things actually, like that. Actually, before you continue, all of our viewers and listeners, anyone who goes to listen to this, go and Google what is the largest um, criminal fine paid in history. Uh, I'll tell you. Pfizer. Pfizer paid something like 13 million or billion. Billion, billion. Billion, billion with a B. Against, was it some sort of company who took them to court over yeah. a medical procedure or, oh. or vaccination that they gave out? In, in fact, as uh, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., head of Children's Health Defense uh, documents, these, these companies, Pfizer, AstraZeneca, and Johnson Johnson are repeat criminal felons. Now, uh, they have paid well over $30 billion in fines, admissions of guilt in court for criminal activities like lying about what's in their product. Now, this has nothing to do with uh, the vaccines because they've got indemnity from liability uh, for the vaccines. But for other pharmaceutical products that they produce, AstraZeneca, Johnson Johnson, and Pfizer have been repeat felons who have even had to pay billions and billions of dollars in court for uh, admission of guilt on criminal activities they've done, which includes things like killing people. Now, uh, you get the Indian government, the government of India launched a parliamentary investigation, the first in the history of India, into a Bill Gates, Bill Melinda Gates um, vaccination program, which resulted in hundreds of thousands of people horribly um, uh, uh, damaged because of these vaccines. And uh, they, in fact, banned Bill Melinda Gates Foundation from doing anything more in India because of the huge amount of damage done. There's other cases uh, where we had one of these companies do a... Um, a vaccination program in Kenya, and this was proved several years ago, where hundreds of thousands of girls were actually sterilized against their no knowledge. They weren't informed. They thought they were being vaccinated. Actually, they were being sterilized. They'll never be able to have children in their life. And these are the sort of things that are done in the name of vaccination. So we're dealing with companies <clears throat> that believe that their products are so safe and reliable that they need to promoted by marketing, propaganda, bribes, threats, coercion, mandates, compulsion, and they need governments to indemnify them against liability for any and all ill effects caused by their products. Now, if the vaccines are really safe and really effective, indemnity from liability would not be necessary. I don't trust a company that won't take responsibility for their own products. Well, now, let's, let's just think about a, a very simple thought. Truth is not afraid of being questioned. Now, this ties in a lot with the censorship reality. You've been censored. I've been censored. I have a small Instagram page and simple things that I post against the lockdown or against viruses or against Bill Gates or Joe Biden himself within, within five minutes. Censored, cut down, my page deleted. Why such censorship? Why, is, why are people so afraid of you speaking out against this? Truth does not fear investigation. You can always tell when a person is lying. A person who's lying does not like being questioned. A person telling truth welcomes questions, welcomes opportunity to uh, be able to give indication and, and evidence and for what they're saying. Up. So, for example, I mean, let's just take our good uh, friend, Dr. Philip Stott, creation scientist. I've taken him to all the different universities around Cape Town, from UCT, Stellenbosch, University of Western Cape, uh, Kaput, 
University of Technology in the, in the Western Cape. And in each case, I've seen Philip Stott. I mean, he revels in the, in the Q&A time. And without using notes, you'll see department heads, professors and so on, just with venom pouring out uh, hostile questions to him. And every time I just see Philip Stott rubbing his hands with joy and saying, I'm so glad you asked that question. And without notes, just quoting chapter and verse from their own books and so on and proving his point. And so he didn't mind being questioned. Similarly, I've got Dwayne Gish here, uh, who is one top creation research uh, council people and uh, he wrote books such as From Fish to Gish. Um, Dwayne Gish got him out here in 1990, tried to get an, an evolutionist to debate him, no one willing to debate him, couldn't get any evolutionist willing to debate with uh, Philip Stott either. Uh, just, just take matters like on pro-life. Uh, there was a time many years ago that the pro-aborts would go in for debates. And I remember having a debate with, for example, Dr. Marge Dyer, Dr. Death, who was head of Abortion Rights Action Group. And uh, she didn't like these debates because actually she never won them. Uh, she did very badly. And so we couldn't get them there anymore because the pro-choices don't like debating pro-lifers because, you know, we've got things like facts on our side, like life begins at conception. Abortion is a violent taking of an innocent life. Life begins at conception, at three weeks after conception. You have a brainwave, uh, a heartbeat that can be measured at six weeks after conception. A brainwave can be measured at nine weeks after conception. Uh, all the organs are there by 12 weeks. Even the fingerprints are uh, there lifelong. And they don't like uh, facts like every abortion ends a beating heart and things like this. So when you get the vaccine producers and the lockdown lunacy promoters and the masquerade madness people and the salvation by vaccination crowd and you want to question them and you want to bring up some facts and you want to bring up some comparisons say well what about the science and, and on that occasion they want to shut you down now when people try to censor you they're not trying to protect the truth because truth doesn't need any defense in fact it's like a line you don't need to defend a line you just need to let him loose you know he, he can look after himself just fine um, and that's the fact with with all this i think coercion Compulsion, censorship have no place in health choices. Health does not require fear-mongering, guilt manipulation, incessant propaganda, coercion, compulsion, censorship of opposing views. Notice how they started. Fear. You've got to take this or you're going to die. Okay, some people were panicked at that. Yes, this just reminds you of the, the Hegelian dialectic. Yes. So the first thing is, um, you know, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Uh, first, they create a problem. COVID. Solution, fear. And then we've got uh, lo lockdown lunacy or masquerade madness or vaccine. And then you've got to take it to save your life. Okay. And then a whole lot of people don't take it and they say, but you know those people over there in Sweden and so on? Uh, they didn't take it and, and they're still alive. Then they start bribery. You get free donut with uh, your vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And some places in Europe, they're offering 100 euros for getting vaccinated and things like this. So they, they try different uh, bribery things. And then they try flattery. You get it vaccinated. It shows you're a good person and uh, so on. And then uh, after a while, they start to use coercion. You must do this. Or you won't be allowed to travel. You won't be allowed to uh, go to college. You won't be allowed to study. You won't be allowed to this and that. We're going to fire you from your jobs. And uh, then a whole lot of people still don't take it. Now they're talking about, uh, such as in Austria, when it come door to door uh, and, and arrest people, uh, force people, they're wanting to fine you hundreds of euros, no, sorry, thousands of euros uh, uh, if you don't get vaccinated every few months. And uh, then there's other places where they're saying, if you won't get vaccinated, we're going to force you to get um, a, a COVID test a couple of times a week at your own expense. And then they charge a fortune for this. And, and 
in Australia, they've set up quarantine camps, which look awfully like concentration camps. And the army's going around loading up people on buses and trucks and shipping off and putting them behind uh, barbed wire fences into quarantine camps uh, against their will, where they're not allowed to leave. Now, now, where's this going to end? This is just insane. So it's not only unnecessary, it's counterproductive. But whatever happened to governments respecting the Constitution? That's why we have Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights makes it clear no government has the authority to interfere with freedom of conscience, freedom of opinion, freedom of speech, freedom of movement, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, freedom of association, freedom of worship, freedom of protest, all these freedoms, essential freedoms, guaranteed by Magna Carta, guaranteed by the Constitution. These are the foundations of Western Christian civilization. It is insane to have a government demanding these things. In fact, anybody should be able to say, you don't have the authority and right to do it. In fact, we have high court justices who've come to that conclusion, saying the lockdown's unconstitutional, uh, the mask mandate's unconstitutional, on and on, which is why the government can push you and get you to agree to this by uh, 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 you basically acquiesce and cooperate. But if they actually get you into court, they lose the case, and it's been proven. We know of many cases where it's come to court where uh, the judge throws it out because all of these lockdowns and so on, it's unconstitutional. It violates the Bill of Rights. So they can threaten you. They can issue with tickets. They can summons you. But at the end of the day, they, the prosecution will lose the case. We've had about 25 minutes to warm up and get your blood boiling. So two questions here. These are going to take a while to be answered. Question number one, what is really going on? And why are these vaccines being pushed and then question two, is there any light at the end of the tunnel for people like us, people like us who don't want to take this mm. vaccine, don't want to give in to this reality that so many of our friends on Facebook, so many of our family members, our work colleagues, our bosses are forcing us and judging us and saying things to us like, like you, you are killing your grandmother. That was a big one. And you are a menace to society irresponsible, selfish, and so on. Funny that the people trying to push you to do what they want say you're selfish, um, <laughs> and apparently <clears throat> apparently they, they're not. So, right, first of all, yes, there's a lot of lights at the end of the tunnel. There's a lot of resistance. There's a massive amount of, of millions of people worldwide who are resisting, who are protesting, and so on. There are entire airlines that have had to shut down uh, thousands of flights in the space of, of a, a week simply because they put out a mask mandate and a vaccination mandate and you've all got to get the vaccination or you will be fired. And uh, suddenly they had to cancel 3,000 flights. People are leaving in droves yeah. from various companies, even from the U.S. military. Yes. They're threatening even high-ranking generals are saying, no, we will leave. There are police departments that had to shut down because so many people have left. Firefighters... Doctors, nurses, uh, especially lots of nurses, uh, lots of police, army, and others have protested. And there are whole airlines like Southwestern Airline and American and United, uh, which uh, put the pressure. And so many of the people called in sick and uh, took their sick leave instantly because they knew, look, if we're going to get fired in a few weeks' time, um, let's take our sick leave now. That they had to cancel, in the case of Southwestern, 3,000 flights in one week. Oh, but funny story. What did CNN say? Oh, yeah, there was bad weather. We had to cancer just a couple thousand flights you know funny no other airline was affected by that bad weather mm. um uh, just the one that had forced the vaccination mandate so uh, we've got for example to show you the kind of insanity out there 
We've got a church in downtown Cape Town, a Methodist church in Green Market Square, unfold a massive banner from the tower. The blood of Jesus will not say with not underlined, will not save you from COVID-19. Get vaccinated now. Now, that's blatantly false because first of all, 99.7% of the people who get COVID recover. So how can you say the blood of Jesus will not save you from COVID? I got COVID. I recovered. We prayed. Um, we have our vitamins. We maintain a healthy lifestyle. We recovered. So how can, are they suggesting that salvation only comes by vaccination? In fact, we've got a billboard that says that. There is a minister wearing clerical collar fancy dress uh, and giving his pastor so The vaccine will save your life. This vaccine will save your life. Now, that's the terminology of religion. That's not the terminology of science or medicine. And since when is a pastor an authority on something like a vaccine? And why are they doing this? It's just like before an election and they would have some sports star or some movie actor from Hollywood telling you how you should vote. That's out of his field of expertise. That's not exactly his realm. Why are they doing this? Well, it's a whole thing of celebrity, peer pressure, and so on, propaganda. Okay, but, but let, let's go back to, to the first big question. Yes. What is really <clears throat> at play right now? <clears throat> they speak about the Great Reset. When you hear the Great Reset, think of another R, the Great Revolution. So what they are doing right now is this is in the, it's a smokescreen cover, not only for colossal corruption, because hundreds of billions of dollars have disappeared into government coffers for what is meant to be actually uh, COVID relief, helping those people whose businesses have been shut down, those workers being denied the right to earn a living. And so it's cover for colossal corruption. So governments are getting rich, but it's destroying a lot of family businesses, farms, uh, destroying the middle class in many ways all over the world. And then there's a huge transfer of wealth. Have you noticed that they didn't shut down the big shops like Macro and Pick and Pay and so on? What are they shutting down? The small corner shops and the small uh, tea rooms and coffee shops. So they've basically been killing the small entrepreneur while they've been boosting the big business. Because this is, look at it, big tech, big pharma, big business and big government but even if working you look together at it, to crush a little bit from a business aspect how many of these big com uh, these big companies and businesses and such um have shares with our president for example or with big businessmen who are behind this something that you said a few weeks ago we had six new billionaires yeah actually there's nine new billionaires just last year in 2020 from vaccines alone from vaccines alone now bill gates said best investment he ever made was vaccines. Where else, he said, can you gain a thousand percent return on your investment except vaccines? So if you thought vaccines about your health, according to Bill Gates, and you can Google this, it's on, on the internet, 1,000% return on your investment. In fact, it's more like a 1,400% return on investment this year. Vaccines are big business. They when I was born, vaccines were costing a few cents, like 12 cents, 6 cents, and so on per vaccine. Right now, this is in the billions. And don't think it's just coming from individuals. It's coming from taxpayers because governments are voting this in. So when you hear about the Great Reset, what is the Great Revolution? This is not only enriching a lot of corrupt politicians. This is advancing communist agenda. What is a communist agenda? Government by committee. So by sidelining parliament and bringing a committee. That's what Soviet means, committee, as in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the Union of Committee-run Socialist Republics. Revolution is governed by committee. Take the French Revolution. French Revolution, 
Maximilian Robespierre ran a committee of six, which ran the revolution. And the name of this committee was Committee for Public Safety. Now, how innocuous and nice is that? What did the Committee for Public Safety determine? Who got guillotined that day? And so they had 40,000 people's heads chopped off by guillotine, and they had 300,000 people killed by uh, firing squads, and millions more died in the Revolutionary Wars, all in the name of the Committee for Public Safety. Now, Parliament South Africa has been sidelined, and we've now got rule by committee in the name of a state, a state of disaster. So all this is advancing a, an agenda, an agenda for communist revolutionary control, taking things away from a democratic constitutional republic where the Bill of Rights applies to a state of disaster. Remember the beginning? Just three weeks. Just three weeks. And now it's 20-something months and counting. And when they said, just the mask. And then just flatten the curve and now it's just a vaccine. Then it's two vaccines. Now in Israel, they're on the fourth and they're heading for the fifth vaccine. Uh, and <clears throat> the Minister of Health in Australia said he cannot envisage a time in the future when you will not be needing to be vaccinated against COVID-19. He says, this is with us till the end of time. You will have to be getting your booster shots every few months because the vaccine only lasts about three months of effectiveness. Do you know that people who are getting the vaccine who are dying uh, they put them down as unvaccinated. So you because can get... they haven't received all of their shots. Exactly. So a person gets his first shot, kills over and dies, like my brother-in-law, Ray Horman. I mean, he was forced at age 71 to get a vaccination. Within a day, he falls over, goes into coma, and within about 10 days, he's dead. Now, his business forced him to get a vaccination. There's a lot of people like that. At Literature Africa, we hear people here all the time speaking about people in the Cape Flats who got the, got the shot and are killed over and died or now crippled, all kinds of problems in comas and so This is common. I don't know anyone who's died of COVID, but we do know of people who've died from the vaccine. But and even but even just sorry, just going back to that, it's a, a case that always pops into my head. How many people actually have died of COVID? I have a friend who has two aunties, and both of those aunties coincidentally, I mean they're from on different parts of the world, but they both were sick with something. They're not too sure what it was. But they were both, both of them, and this is in two different parts of the world, one in Europe and one in South America. They were both very sick. Before they were dead, their family members already received the death certificate, and it said COVID. Well, you know, they were still yeah. alive, and they had received their death certificates, and it said COVID. So you, re you really wonder. It's sort of like the Minority Report scenario film where uh, the government knows ahead of time what crime you're going to commit and you have pre-crime unit and uh, they know what's going to happen to you before it happens to you and uh, you get sentenced for crimes that you haven't committed but which you may commit in the future. This is George Orwell 1984. It's Aldous Huxley, Brave New World. You've got a technologically advanced society uh, with massive surveillance by Big Brother and a society where people are distracted by endless stimulation and subdued by drugs. Now, uh, should vaccines be made mandatory? No, of course not, because it's not the job of government. And when it comes to, to your medical choices, you know, we've got all kinds of laws that protect you from coercion when it comes to medical procedures, like the Nuremberg Code on bioethics, like the Geneva Convention. Uh, this is one of the worst crimes that you could commit in history is to force people to take a medical procedure without informed consent. Now, bullying, coercing, uh, propagandizing, threatening, uh, forcing people to get vaccines, to keep their jobs and to be able to go uh, to a shop to buy food and things like this. 
this is a crime against humanity. Now, let's look at, you mentioned uh, George Orwell, 1984. Let's look at the, the news speak and a lot of the wording that they're using. So let me give you an example. Nowadays, especially when it comes to marketing and convincing people, wording is at, is the, is, it's, it's at the epicenter of how you allow a customer to buy something or how you convince someone of something. So let's say you go into Facebook Marketplace and you typed in and, and you type in cars that you want to buy. And you have one option where it says used car. And you have another option that says pre-owned cars. Now which one sounds more attractive? Well, pre-owned doesn't sound as bad as used because used sounds like there's something um, you know, um, it's 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 not good. Uh, so it's it's a negative term. So now let's let's bring it to the reality that we are in now. The word or the letters U and N. Unenlightened, unmarried, unemployed, unclean, unattractive, unvaccinated. Ooh. This makes it seem like you are the person who who is lacking something. It's like like you are unwashed. How dare you not be unwashed? Mm. You are un unclean. How dare you be unclean? Why are they using these words? I mean, we all know why, but well, it's it's terms of propaganda and coercion like you're uninformed uh, i saw some dumb comments out there somebody claimed that there's a report that the unvaccinated are uneducated and uh, that studies have shown now wonderful which studies mm -hmm. that people who choose not to get vaccinated uh, are have lessened uh, education so you're thinking oh yes you mean like people like dr susan fosley heart transplant surgeon uh, they're uneducated in fact there's vast amounts of phd surgeons and scientists opposing this narrative Thousands, tens of thousands opposing this. You just look at the the uh, America's frontline doctors and you, you uh, look at the World Alliance uh, for Freedom and honestly and truly, the suggestion that people who oppose inoculations are uneducated. So that's why I prefer to use terms like vaccine-free. When a person says, are you vaccinated? Don't say, I am unvaccinated. Then you're taking their terminology. Mm. It's like the terminology of, of are you Anti-choice or pro-choice. No, I'm pro-life. Um, you know, don't put me, don't invite me onto your minefield of booby traps. Don't submit uh, me to your newspeak. Yes, exactly, newspeak. It's toxic terminology, uh, weaponizing words. So let's use the terms like, I'm vaccine-free. Do you know what's in these vaccines? Do you really want, or if you read the ingredients, and most of which are, are secrets, which as Dr. Susan Fosler pointed out, why they're treating us like a Kentucky Fried Chicken a secret recipe. Mm. Uh, normally, pharmaceutical products, you know exactly what's in the product, and you know exactly what the contraindications are, and it's on the box and so on. Now, this is meant to be a secret. So here, you've got something that, you've got a 99.7% chance of recovering from COVID, but you need a vaccine. Uh, but and these vaccines an and then a booster. But then these vaccines are so safe and effective that the producers have got indemnity from liability, uh, and we've got to make it mandatory. And you're not allowed to know what's in, and and you're not even allowed to mention what the potential side effects are. So I mean, some and of if these, you do, or even if you suffer from these potential side effects, we have no claim. There's no liability on us. No. And we will pay in billions to make sure that we are not liable. So I feel so safe right now. So the pharmaceutical company has zero risk when it comes to vaccinations. But the person who gets it has 100% of the risk. Now, if you look at childrenshealthdefense.com or americasfrontlinedoctors.com or mersola.com or worlddoctorsalliance.com, other medical websites, they're warning the vaccines are more dangerous than the virus. Now, the European Union's database of adverse drug reactions has reported tens of thousands of deaths and millions of injuries from COVID vaccines. 
In the Center for Disease Control in America, the VAERS database on adverse reactions has reported hundreds of thousands of adverse events and tens of thousands of deaths. That's right, deaths. Uh, from the vaccines just in the United States of America alone as a result of these so-called vaccines. So why is it that when the vaccine for swine flu resulted in 12 deaths, it was shut down? When there were 20 deaths worldwide from the bird flu vaccination, it was withdrawn from the market. So how is it that with tens of thousands of documented deaths from these vaccines and the millions of injuries from the vaccines, why is it that you are not only seeing it continuing to be promoted, but mandated by governments and many companies. This is unethical. This is unacceptable. It's criminal to be able to encourage and push people to take a potentially lethal injection, something that could have all kinds of adverse effects. And by the way, it's far too early to know what its effect is on, for example, fertility, sterility, or pregnant women, because we haven't had enough time to test it. These have not been tested over many years. I mean, I'm no scientist, but doesn't it take five to 10 years to overlook a vaccine and see at how it least, works? At least, at least. Now, I mean, just take when my mother uh, was pregnant with me, she was taking something that was touted as the wonder drug. It, it was... Um, <clears throat> The thalidomide, thalidomide uh, got rid of morning sickness and, uh, if I'm not mistaken, came from Pfizer as well. And this thalidomide tablet got rid of morning sickness and it was a wonder drug and everyone was so excited. The trouble was the kids born from mothers had been taking this thalidomide wonder drug. The kids were born horribly deformed without legs and arms and things like this. And uh, they went absolutely berserk and hysteria and um, mandated abortions for people who had been taking um, a thalidomide. And my mother was told to have an abortion with me because she'd been taking thalidomide. And uh, even though abortions were illegal generally, they were lying it in this case in South Africa. Uh, we're talking about January 1960 now. And, uh, uh, well, I've got my arms and legs and so on. But medical science has so often been wrong. Uh, you can go and see pictures of uh, adverts, doctors promoting smoking is good for your health and good for your lungs, and DDT, no flies in me thanks to DDT, and all kinds of like asbestos safe. And there's so many cases where medical professionals got it wrong before. There's a real problem when a group like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation donate $11.4 billion to 471 universities' medical faculties, which indoctrinate the next generation of doctors on vaccines. Now, when you've got the biggest vaccine producers in the world, like Bill and Melinda Gates, being the biggest funders of the World Health Organization, bigger than the, even the American and Chinese government, and when you've got them being the biggest single uh, donor to 471 universities, including Vincent's and Stellenbosch universities, uh, in their medical faculties, there's a conflict of interest. They're getting billions out of the vaccines, and now they are running the training of medical professionals in 471 universities worldwide. There's, and then they're lobbying governments to give them indemnity. There's serious conflict of interest here. There's an agenda. Well, now, let's as, as we close off, let's, let's try to look at the positive. And one thing that I'd really like to mention is on the distribution of vaccines. So a lot of uh, countries and continents have had mass orders and bulk orders of vaccines coming in, and specifically in Africa. I've been following a lot about the supply chain and about the intake of vaccines and such in, in Africa. They have held off in most African countries the new intake of vaccines or the new batch of vaccines. And they're claiming, oh, no, it's supply chain issues and such. But the actual reality, and this must be an encouragement to everyone, they are not ordering more vaccines because the first batch that they've ordered 
very little people are taking it. There is resistance. People, especially in Africa, are not wanting to take these vaccines. And you, the only stats that you're seeing is, oh, you need to get vaccinated. You mustn't become a minority. We are the majority. Yes. We are the vaccine free. We are the ones who are, there's more of us. There's way there more of us in comparison to the people that are actually taking these vaccines. Yes. So don't feel that you are alone. Don't submit to the TV. In fact, turn it off, take it to the shooting range, blow it up. You are not a minority. In fact, officially, only 24% of the adults in South Africa have taken the vaccine. 24%. That's if you believe government statistics, which means we've got 75% who have not taken the vaccine. Mm. And so that means three quarters of the adult population of South Africa have refused the vaccine because anyone who wants it so far has got it because it's been out there for six months. They've been pushing it no end. And I mean, an amount of promotion and, and incentives. And, so, and they it, are still a minority. And anyone who hasn't had it by now doesn't want it. And so uh, let's be encouraged. There are millions of people. In fact, there's hundreds of millions of people worldwide who have refused the vaccine so far, despite all the coercion. And so all we need is passive resistance and to refuse to live by the lie. So let's stand firm. Let's be steadfast. Let's remain vaccine free. There is no way uh, that they can force everyone in this country, let alone all of Africa, to get it. The resistance is too great. A simple way to put it is these vaccine mandates and these lockdowns and these masquerades will only end when we the people say no. Now, a verse that I'd like to close with, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I've set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. This is Calvin Hammond and Peter Hammond in front, from the front line. Thank you so much for tuning in and good night. And God bless.